Welcome back, Giants fans. Today we have a community page questions video, which is where you guys post your questions in the comments section, and I answer them. We do this every once in a... I don't know, once every couple months or so, so we're doing one now. I'm sure a lot of it will be about the offseason. No one cares about the game next week against Philly, I'm sure. So a lot of this will be offseason type uh, questions and things like that, I would assume. I have not read all of them yet. But anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed. Um, of course, some news came out. Daniel Jones, done for the year. No surprise, there might be some Daniel Jones questions in here. We'll get to that later, but... You know, has Daniel Jones played his last game as a Giant? We'll have to see because, you know, financially it makes sense to bring him back, but based on his injury history, the way he has played, it might not make sense. So we'll see what the next GM and Joe Judge, if he's still here, wants to do about Daniel Jones. And today we saw some more embarrassing Giants news. Riley Dixon and Kyle Rudolph had their contracts restructured to create more salary cap space for this year. And it's embarrassing because these are two guys that are pretty much prime cut candidates for next year. So these are two guys having their contracts restructured that probably won't be here next year. So obviously not good for the dead cap scenario in 2022, but the next GM is definitely going to have his hands full with this terrible situation. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy this video and let's get into it. Question one from my guy, Kurt Schwarber. I call him Kyle Schwarber every time. So he says, hi, Mike, Kyle Schwarber here. My question is, how can we remain hopeful for this franchise? I want to believe that at some point this team will be good again, but it's really hard to when ownership doesn't learn from its mistakes and continually tries to do the exact same thing with different GMs and, and coaches expecting a different result each time, which is pretty much the definition of insanity if you think about it. So anyway... Yeah, the Giants always go in this cycle, a continuous cycle of not having the GM and head coach on the same timeline. We saw it with Gettleman and Shermer. That was they did the right thing. They just hired the worst GM in sports, basically, in, in Gettleman and a terrible head coach in Shermer. Um, so they hired the wrong guys. They did the right thing in hiring both at the same time. They hired the wrong guys. But in 2015, 2016, I should say, when Jerry Reese stayed and um and a new head coach came in and Ben McAdoo, that was the wrong move. Both guys should have left. They should have started over. Um, of course, in 2019, when Sherman was fired and Gettleman stayed, that was the wrong move. Both guys should have been fired. And now we're going to be here in 2021 going into 2022 where, in all likelihood, we know that Dave Gettleman, the GM, is going to be gone. But it seems like, based on reports, that there's a solid chance that Joe Judge will stay in 2022. So it's just the Giants not learning from their previous mistakes. And that's why it's so hard to trust this team to do the right thing. When it comes to the Yankees, the Brooklyn Nets, it's they, you know it's not always perfect with those teams, but I always trust they have a good process. They're going to make the right decisions. Sometimes they get unlucky. Guys get injured and, and some other things happen and whatnot. It's not like the best fit for the team. But with the Giants, they just make these just boneheaded decisions that... At the time they make them, you know this is not the right thing, but as a fan, you have to support it. It's it's a tough, it's tough because you know in the back of your mind, like, what are they doing? This is not right. But as a fan, you just try to, I don't know, put your blinders on and just like hope for the best. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't trust John Mara to do the right thing. And maybe the Giants one day just run into dumb luck and get themselves a franchise quarterback out of nowhere. I have no idea. Um, will John Mara hire the right GM to fix this thing completely? Probably not, because we're already seeing reports that there are certain GM candidates that don't want to work with Joe Judge. So the Giants are basically limiting their GM search because basically the next GM they hire is going to have to work with Joe Judge as the head coach of the Giants. And 
I said this in a previous video, if you guys were a top GM candidate, would you want to work with Joe Judge? Because I wouldn't. If I was a top GM candidate right now, I would not look at Joe Judge as a guy I want to work with and put my reputation on the line with. That's not something I would want. So obviously, it's the New York Giants. It's a very prestigious you know, um, job to be the Giants general manager. But seeing that you have to work with this head coach and judge who has regressed in year two and then pretty much is on thin ice, I would think, in year three if he comes back for 2022, that's not really a situation I would want to be a part of. If I was being hired as a GM, I would want to hire my own head coach. So the Giants are already doing this the wrong way. We can see it coming. Once again, maybe they get lucky. I don't know, but we just see it coming again, and that's why I'm with Kurt. It's tough to really trust what this team does. I don't know when they'll fix it. The way I look at it is I'm, I'm still in my mid-20s. They won't be terrible forever, and you know, it, they won't be terrible for 60 more years. I should be on this earth for a, a long time, hopefully. So um, at, at some point in my life, again, the Giants will be good. I just don't think it's in the next year. I don't see them being good next season, unfortunately, unless they like trade for Russell Wilson or some other superstar quarterback. So that's always possible. But in all likelihood, next year is going to be like a rebuilding year, shed the salary type year, and it's going to be a long one. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to trust a direction. But once again, as fans, you just... Hope for the best. It's pretty much all we can do. Next question from Dave Campbell. My ideal scenario for next year is keep Jones, draft offensive lineman, and get an edge in the draft slash offseason with new coaching staff. Okay, so I guess that includes Joe Judge. I'm all for that, obviously. How does this compare to your ideal scenario for next season? Because let's be honest, we wouldn't have to we would have to give away too much for Russell Wilson, as nice as that would be. I mean, yeah, obviously when you're trading for a superstar quarterback, it's not going to be cheap. We know that. But as I mentioned, if we can get Russ for a first uh, for this year, a first for next year, and a third round pick and like Daniel Jones, I would do that. Like that's not asking for the world. I think that's a fair trade for a Russell Wilson type of guy. I don't know what Seattle's asking price is. That's the big thing. Obviously, we don't know that. But if Seattle has a reasonable asking price for Russell Wilson, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm saying that right now. I, I think the Giants are in a good spot. They have two first-round picks and two third-round picks this year, so they have the ammo to make this work. So if they want Russ, they can get Russ. I just don't know if they will. So my ideal scenario is, I've gone over this before, obviously you fire Dave Gettleman. The guy I've wanted for the past couple years is Ed Dodds. Ed Dodds is an assistant GM with the Colts, I believe. I don't know if his title is assistant GM, but he was at one point. So um, Ed Dodds has been very impressive. He helped kind of build that dynasty, not dynasty, but almost dynasty in Seattle in the early 2010s. Then he went to the Colts at some point in the mid-2010s, and they built a great team over there. They trade back in the draft uh, constantly. I love that, of course. So Ed Dodds is a guy I would love for the Giants GM job. And as for head coach, I mean, look, I don't I don't want Joe Judge here, but I don't really have a viable replacement. I don't know who that replacement head coach would be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what Ed Dodds is thinking for potential head coach. I don't know if the Colts have guys on their staff that he has an eye on. I have no idea. But, you know, there's not a certain head coach candidate I look at right now and say, that's the guy I want. Like, there are some names I could think of, like Byron Leftwich and Kellen Moore, guys like that, but that's not too, too appealing. So, you know, maybe you ride it out with Judge one more year, but I just, I don't think Judge is a good head coach. So I, I don't want to waste our time. I'd rather have the new GM, if it's Ed Dodds or someone like that, be able to pick his next head coach. And maybe he finds somebody because, you know, I think Ed Dodds knows his stuff. Let's be honest. So, um, so that's my GM head coaching thing. Quarterback scenario. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be the guy we want him to be personally. 
I think Jones has a chance to be an average starting quarterback in this league, but nothing really more than that. There are some fans that think if you give him an offensive line, he'll be great. I don't really see that being the case. If you give him a great offensive line, he he might be a, a decent starting quarterback. That's the way I look at it. So, you know, the way I want it is I want a really good offensive line and a really good quarterback. I don't want an average quarterback and a really good offensive line. I want both. So, you know, maybe I'm being too greedy, but, you know, it's very hard to go far in this league when you don't have one of the top quarterbacks, you know, at least top 10. Like once you get past that, like Matthew Stafford tier, it's going to be tough to win a championship. And that's what I want as a Giants fan. I'm sure all you guys want that as well. Um, So yeah, I don't see Daniel Jones as the future answer. I don't know who the stopgap guy is. If they can get Teddy Bridgewater for cheap. I mean, I'm fine with that, obviously. I think if they cut Jones, I don't know if it's before June 1st or after June 1st, they can kind of save $4 million or something around there. So I think Daniel Jones' cap hit next year is $8 million. So if they cut him, I think, before June 1st, they can save like $4 million. So it wouldn't be like a monster cap hit, but um, I don't know. I could see the yeah, I could see the scenario of a bridge quarterback. And I've said this before. If I'm Joe Judge and I'm in year three, and my job's kind of on the line. I'm not trusting Daniel Jones, A, because of durability. He has not stayed healthy, of course, his first three seasons here. And B, he has not really performed that well. You can blame everyone you want. You can blame Garrett, blame the offensive line. Daniel Jones himself has not played well. And if I were Joe Judge, I would not trust that man to save my job. So I might look elsewhere as a, for a quarterback, not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer, but you know I would trust Jimmy Garoppolo more personally than Daniel Jones, but Garoppolo has his injury concerns as well, so I don't know if that's the right answer, but um, I can see them going a different direction at quarterback. That's what I would want to do personally. I would go with a Garoppolo, Bridgewater type guy for a year and build up the offensive line in this draft, so I would really allocate a lot of my resources i'm not saying spend the first four picks on offensive line i hate when people say that you want to go best player available of course based on positional value but if i'm in a situation where you know the giants i think have like five picks in the top 100 if i'm in a scenario where two two or three of those first five picks can be used on offensive linemen and it makes sense based on value and the positions you need then I can see that happening like you can really fix this offensive line in one offseason the Giants have the toughest position to find on the offensive line solved with Andrew Thomas we just need a right tackle a right guard a center and a left guard which is a lot I get it but you can really do a good job of fixing that in one offseason so if we get the right GM in here and scout the right guys in the, in the draft and once again pick two or three offensive linemen in the top 100, we can really fix our offensive line. Maybe make a, a cheap free agent signing and find a guy that can be like a stopgap left guard or right guard or something like that. So it's not impossible. And, you know, there's some other moves I would make, of course. Like I don't see myself bringing Evan Engram back or Jabril Peppers or Lorenzo Carter um obviously Saquon's back here next year but I would look to see what I can get for him I don't think Saquon Barkley is ever going to reach that 2018 level ever again um and Saquon honestly he would benefit from leaving this team let's be honest you can be the biggest Saquon fan in the world but let's be honest I don't think the Giants are what's best for him right now I think if Saquon Barkley went to a different team with a great quarterback great offensive line great play caller they may be able to recapture that same Saquon Barkley we once saw but with Saquon, it's either basically the Giants will be at a point soon where they have to extend him or let him walk. And I don't want to just let him walk for nothing. So if you can get something for Saquon Barkley, 
you know, whether it be a third round pick, uh, I don't know, a third and a fifth, whatever it is, because you're not getting a first round pick for the guy, no chance. So even the second round pick might be surprising. I don't know. But if you can get something decent for Saquon, I would look to do that personally. So um, yeah, that's my head coach, GM, quarterback, running back, and some other things I would do if it was up to me. I'll, I'll make offseason videos about my preferences, but that's pretty much where I stand right now. I don't see much of that changing. I don't think Joe Judge is going to change my mind in the final three games. I've seen a lot from him. Obviously, Daniel Jones is not playing the rest of the year. Yeah, if Saquon Barkley rushes for 500 yards the last three games, hey, maybe I changed my mind. But just right now, he's not looking great. And honestly, based on the numbers, uh, Devontae Booker has been the better back this year, which is just very mind-boggling. I could not believe it. So yeah, anyway, those would be my moves, but definitely more videos about that stuff in the, for the offseason coming up in the future. Next from Alvin Lynn, fire judge or give him one more year. Personally, I'm in favor of a complete rebuild with him gone because he does not offer anything to the team. He preaches fundamentals, yet we are one of the worst, one of the most penalized teams and constantly miss tackles, not to mention judge has terrible risk and time management. I'm with you. I really am. I, I don't know what Joe Judge offers anymore. I don't. He just seems way in over his head. And I loved the guy last year at this point. The team was playing hard. They finished out the year five and three, I believe. And we were thinking like, oh, we have our guy. But this year, Joe Judge seems clueless. And every decision he can make seems like the wrong one. And between his press conferences, you mentioned it, the fourth downs, the terrible penalties. We saw the fourth and one penalty last week where... You know, they were supposed to go for it, then they get a false start and a delay game, I believe, and they have to push it back to fourth and six, and then they're forced to punt. Um, we've seen that way too many times this year. You know, even in week three, I, I you know, I still can't get over the decision to punt the ball down three on Atlanta's 37-yard line in like the third quarter. I, I just don't get that. It was a fourth and two, I believe. So yeah, Joe Judge has made so many questionable and bad decisions this year, and I will say, I mean, you know, most of these guys are still playing hard. I don't think he's lost the locker room, but in terms of being a good head coach, he's not been one. Like, I don't think Joe Judge, I don't know if he can bounce back from this, really. Like, I, I, does it get better from here or worse? Like, I think the chances of Joe Judge rebounding next year and being a great head coach and the Giants being an eight or nine win team are a lot less likely than Joe Judge possibly losing the team next year and having another five or six win season. You know what I mean? So... I want to avoid catastrophe before it happens. And listen, it's not 100% guaranteed Joe Judge is a bad head coach. He's only 39 years old. Maybe next year things change if he's back. I don't know. Seems like John Mara loves him for some reason. So I'm not 100% sure Judge is terrible as a head coach. But from what I've seen this year, he's not it. And if it was up to me, I'm moving on. Once again, I don't have a great head coaching candidate replacement in mind. I personally hate when people say fire someone, but don't offer a replacement. And that's what I sound like right now. So I'm sorry. But I feel like if I did my research and really looked around, I haven't really been researching head coaching candidates. But if you look around, you can probably find somebody like the, the combination of like Ed Dodds and Brian Dable is a lot more attractive to me than the combination of Kevin Abrams or um, or Lewis Riddick and Joe Judge. You know what I mean? So give me the first part of that for sure. So I don't know. I wouldn't keep Judge, but I personally think the Giants will for at least one more year. And I guess we'll see how that goes. Next from Cole H. The Giants are genuinely going to be a joke forever. Please don't say that. Ever thought about switching to a team like the Jets or Bills? Why would you put the Jets in there? They're as, they're as bad as us. That's like a, a lateral move. I'm more of a... Uh, well, I, I love the color blue. That's why I picked the Giants in the first place when I was a 
how old was I when I liked the Giants? Like seven or eight years old. That's why I liked the Giants. You know, it's the closest team to me, and they were blue. So I was not really a green guy. So, yeah, I I would never switch teams. I mean, once I once I pick these teams, that's 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 me. I'm in it for life. I, I've been through a lot of rough seasons with the Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets, of course. They went 12 and 70 one year, stuck it out. Now they're one of the better teams in the NBA. Um, the Yankees have always been good, so I can't really say much. They had a down year in 2013, I believe, when they were starting Vernon Wells and Lyle Overbay. That was tough, tough year for the Yankees. But, you know, for the Giants, look, it's been a tough decade here, aside from one year. But, um, you know, I love this team, and I'm not going anywhere. I don't, I don't see myself really um, changing teams ever. It's probably not going to happen. Have I like have I lost some passion over the years? Yeah, because when I don't think my team's good, like I, it's hard to be passionate about them. Like when the Giants are are a good team, they're competitive. Like 2012 and 20, I think 2014, 2015, they were decent. At least they had good offenses back then, so it was easier to to watch them. But now it's like they're boring and they're bad. It's it's very it's a very tough combination. Like. You know, I've never missed a Giants game since I've been a fan, and I don't plan on it, but this is, like, the first year I ever really thought about, like, just not watching a game. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not even excited for these games anymore, and I just cannot wait till the season's over, which is sad to say. So, you know, if you're out there and and you don't watch the Giants anymore, I don't blame you. I really don't, but I'm just one of those people that has to watch, you know, even when the Nets are terrible, even when the Giants are terrible, I'm still watching every game because I'm just a moron, but that's just me. But, yeah, I'm never changing teams. I mean... The Buffalo Bills would be fun to root for, not going to lie. They have a great thing going over there. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Giants will figure it out one day. I do believe that. And I don't know when that day will come, but eventually it's going to happen, and I will be very happy when it does. And hopefully some of that spark and passion is brought back to me and many other Giants fans that have been very fed up and kind of broken over the past few years based on how bad this team has been. Next from Doshman, if you would do the 2018 through 2021 draft all over again, who would be your picks? All right, so let's do the first, I guess, two or three rounds for each draft. I'll try to remember these. I'm trying to do it off the top of my head. So 2018's draft, of course, we took Saquon Barkley. I mean, looking back on it, um, I think that was a time to get a quarterback. And I don't want to be like a hypocrite and be like, oh, I would just, I would take Justin Herbert. But at that time, look, you needed a quarterback. And I think Josh Allen, the quarterback for Buffalo, would have been the pick for me. So I would take Josh Allen second overall. In that second round, when Will Hernandez was taken, I think Darius Leonard was like the pick after him. I would take Darius Leonard. He's probably one of the top three, top two linebackers in football right now. So Darius Leonard's that pick for me. Uh, they also could have taken Fred Warner in round three and really had like the best linebacker like core in, in football if they took those two guys. So that would be my picks right there in 2018. 2019, of course, Daniel Jones was taken. I would still have taken the uh, edge rusher, Josh Allen. That's who I wanted at the time, which is kind of sad. So Josh Allen's had a really nice career so far in Jacksonville on a bad team, of course, but not really his fault. The 17th overall pick with Dexter Lawrence. I'm trying to think who went after him. I think Montez Sweat went after him. He would have been a nice pick. He's been injured this year, but Montez Sweat, I feel like, would have been fine. Um, there were guys that went later in that draft. I believe A.J. Brown and um, and Metcalf, I believe, right? I think they were in that class. So you could have you know, reached for them. DeAndre Baker was in that class as well. Oh, my gosh. So I'm looking now. Debo Samuel was the 36th pick in that draft. So that would have been a much better pick over DeAndre Baker. Even um, the center for the uh, for the Saints, he's a good player. Eric McCoy was taken 48th overall. So, yeah, there was a couple better options out there. A.J. Brown was in this class. I do stand corrected on that one. 2020, of course, the Giants, this was like the uh, could have been Justin Herbert class. But the Giants took Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney. 
I might keep that right now. I, I think I would have been fine with that, honestly. I think that's right now where I would go with this. I'm trying to think, looking back on it, if we missed anybody big in this class. Of course, I love Justin Jefferson, but I don't know. Having a left tackle would be more important to me personally. So, you know, Andrew Thomas, his injury history hasn't been the best so far, but Makai Beckton's has not been great. Jedrick Wills, I don't think has been like, you know, he's been pretty healthy, but I do think Thomas is a better player than Wills right now. Obviously, you could argue Tristan Wirfs, but he's a right tackle. So who would a left tackle be? I don't know. And for the second round with McKinney, I mean, you have Kyle Duggar, who's a good safety right behind him for uh, for the Patriots. Uh, who else we got? Jonathan Taylor. If we, if we never took Saquon, Jonathan Taylor would have been probably a really good pick for the second round. So you can argue Jonathan Taylor there in the second round. Trayvon Diggs was a guy I liked at the time. It's a shame he went to Dallas. Jalen Johnson's a good corner as well with Chicago. So there would have been some really good second-round options there. Even DeAndre Swift, Michael Pittman was there. Um, yeah, I mean, there were actually no Pittman and Swift went before McKinney. Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, there were still good players there to be taken, though. So even Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is amazing. No, I'm kidding. So um, 2020, yeah, I mean, that's probably where I'd go there. And 2021 could be a bit controversial. If you watch my draft reaction, I was not really thrilled with the uh, – well, I love the trade, but I was not thrilled with the pick of Kadarius Tony. His injury history really scared me, and he had some things to kind of polish uh, off as a wide receiver in the NFL. So, you know, Tony has shown us, though, he can play. You know, he's had nearly a 200-yard game. He had another big game against the Saints, I believe. So Tony has shown when he's on the field he could play. But there are some, like, immaturity things going on there. I want those to be cleaned up in the injury history. So that's, like, two things that I have to worry about with Kadarius Tony. But the kid can play. But I was a big Micah Parsons guy. There was a lot of Rashawn Slater fans, of course, you know. But Micah Parsons was a guy I loved. And I, you know, for as much as I like Parsons, I did not think he'd be this good. So he's even exceeding my expectations. And I was a big Parsons fan in the draft. So, you know, Micah Parsons, if we stayed at 11, would have been my pick. I wasn't really like a big, you know, I, I like Slater, but like, I don't know. I just wasn't in love with him like the rest of Giants Nation, I feel like. But obviously I was wrong there. But Parsons would have been a great pick, of course. When we traded back, I mean, I did like Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher who the Colts got out of Michigan. Um, I think he was injured at one point, but he's had a pretty productive rookie year, so Quiddy Pay might have been my guy, but, you know, hopefully Tony works out. I, I feel like it's tough to judge a rookie so far. In round two, you have Ojalari here. He was the pick for the Giants. I can make an argument for Awusu Koromoa, who went to the Browns. Pat Frymuth's had a really good rookie season with the uh, Steelers. Nick Bolton's a good linebacker now for the Chiefs. So, yeah, there's a few guys I can make an argument for. But I like Ojalari, and the Giants need an edge rusher, so we'll keep that the same. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the problem is the Giants had a few really high picks, and they screwed them up. Like, you know, Dave Gettleman taking Barkley, taking Jones, trading up for Baker, take, um, taking Dexter Lawrence. Those are the type of picks that will set a franchise back. And unfortunately, that's kind of what's happened here. So obviously with me, it's a lot easier to have hindsight. Um, obviously in 2018, unless I was given a good trade offer, I would have taken Josh Rosen. So obviously I feel like at that time, I didn't know as much about football as I do now. I feel like I learned a lot more about the quarterback position since my Josh Rosen uh, proclamation back then. But still, that was a bad take by me. I own up to it. But um, yeah, so I would, I would change some things and the team would have been in a much better spot. But obviously we have hindsight and it's, it's fun to go back and do the what if game. But yeah, the Giants screwed up a lot. That's pretty much what this has shown me, and things could have gone a lot better. Next from Paul C. Mike, since the report for that judge will be back, would you agree with me that the Giants need to find a way to go 4-13 and to possibly get Judge crap canned? I'm not saying the S word. I'm not doing that. Sometimes I'll curse on here, but it's because of me being frustrated, so I'm not doing it with a question. Good try, though. 
Giants ending this season on a six-game losing streak might be embarrassing enough for Mara to be forced to fire everyone. I want the best GM candidate, so the Giants need to lose out so the GM can pick his coach. Do you agree with me here? Thanks, Mike. No problem, Paul. Um, listen, it's sad. It's, it's sad to root against your team in December and January, but I've I've been that person in recent years. I wanted to lose and get Chase Young. Obviously, that might have been the wrong decision. I know Chase Young got hurt. He's still a great player, in my opinion, but Andrew Thomas has been off to a good start. We know that. So, you know, I don't think you're a bad fan. And this is a controversial topic. Some fans have like that mindset of like, no, I'm going to root for a win no matter what. And some fans are like, no, these games are meaningless. So I'll offer my opinion. And I think you guys know where I stand on this. I try to be a forward thinking person with this type of stuff. And listen, if the Giants went out and they go eight and nine, like what does that do for us? It doesn't really do much to end on a three game winning streak without our quarterback and with so many guys injured, like the Giants ending this year winning three in a row and pushing their draft pick from the top five to like somewhere from 10 to 15, it's just not really worth it in my opinion. So yes, I'm one of those people that like, I don't sit there and actively on Sunday, I was not sitting there actively rooting for the Cowboys. I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, like I'm cool if the Giants lose. I really don't care at this point. Like I know that the bigger picture it's better if we lose because, A, as you mentioned, the more we lose and the more embarrassing it gets, the better chance Joe Judge, who most of this fan base wants fired, would be fired. So that is a good thing for us who want Joe Judge gone. And B is the draft picks. Now, people argue all the time, you know, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Tom Brady was a a sixth-round pick. And I hate these arguments because you look around the league and, like, literally 80% of the starting quarterbacks are first-round picks. Like, it, it helps to pick higher in the draft. Would you rather pick second in the draft or 10th in the draft? It's an easy question, right? So, you know, obviously you want the higher picks. And that's not me saying you can't take a good player at 10. Obviously you can. But the higher you pick the better chance you have of getting the guy you want and getting a good player. Like, that's pretty much how it works. So I don't know why people are so thick-headed with that. I really don't get it. The higher you pick in the draft, the better chance you have at landing the guy you want and a guy that's going to be a great player. So I don't know why people don't understand that. So I understand there's fans that just don't want to lose any games regardless. But as I said, I'm a forward-thinking, big-picture guy. And I realize that the Giants losing out probably benefits the future of the Giants more than it does if they won out. You know what I mean? So I think right now the Giants winning in 2021 does no good for the Giants in 2022, 2023, 2024. You catch my drift. So if the Giants lose out the rest of this year, I think it'll have more of a positive effect on this team rather than a negative effect because some people have that losing culture thing going through their head. But this team's it's, it's going to be a losing culture regardless. This team is not good. So actually, I was wrong. We have 10 losses now. So we'd be a 7-10 and 10 team, I just realized. Wow. Yeah, we'd be 7-10. and 10. So yeah, there's no point of winning out. There's really none. If they do it, okay, that's fine. But like... I still think the Giants benefit more from losing out. There's more to be won than lost if the Giants lose out. That's my opinion. You may not agree, but that's just how I feel about the situation. Next from Treasure Valley Battle League. Assuming we have two top 10 picks, what would you want in return if we trade one? For the sake of the question, we'll say we are trading the six overall to a QB needy team like the Steelers. Okay, if the Giants had a top 10 pick and we're trading one, what would I want in return? Okay, so... The Steelers, I'm assuming, would be somewhere from like that 17 to 20 range. So we're dropping back about 10 picks or so. I would, of course, ask for a first rounder next year. You got to start there, right? We're getting their first rounder this year, first rounder next year. 
And I'd probably ask for a third and like a fifth, right? I mean, like, is that uh, maybe not a fifth? That's probably too much. But I, I would ask for at least their first round this year. Of course, you know, that would be like the 20th pick, whatever they have this year. I would ask for a future first, a 2023 first round pick and a third round pick this year. So I, I would gain a, a third round pick this year and a first round pick next year. That's pretty much I think it'd be a fair trade. I might ask for another like mid-round pick in return as well. I don't know, but something along those lines. You got to get an extra first-round pick, especially if it's a top 10 pick. So, but the Giants might be in this scenario. That's why this question is interesting because the Giants might be in that situation where let's say they take a guy with Chicago's pick and the Giants pick, well, maybe the Giants will pick higher. I don't know. Let's say the Giants pick is like fourth overall and Chicago's is sixth. Let's say the Giants took a player fourth overall and now the Giants have Chicago's pick, which is number six, let's say, and they might be in a situation where they don't love who's on the board. They can trade that pick back to a quarterback needy team once again and maybe they you know get a haul and, and get a first round pick for next year from one of those teams similar to the Bears trade from last year. So I can see that happening for sure. That's a good question. Next from Ray Sosa, with all the reports saying that Joe Judge will more likely be coming back next year, how bad do you think that will hurt the chances of the Giants hiring an outside GM? Keep up the amazing videos. Mike, thank you, Ray. Yeah, it's going to hurt. <laughs> That's the sad part, right? I mean, if the Giants were just starting fresh, they can pretty much get any GM they'd want, right? It's a pretty... Outside of the cap situation, which is terrible in some of the contracts, it's a pretty attractive job. I mentioned it's the New York Giants. It's a prestigious organization for the most part. Um, you would have a chance to get your own head coach in that situation if Joe Judge was gone. That'd be great. And you have two picks in the top five, potentially, with the Bears pick. You have five picks in the top 100 this year, so a lot of draft capital to do what you want. So if Joe Judge stays, though, we're probably not getting the best GM candidate available. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to get the worst one, but like kind of like a middling GM candidate. So, you know, I don't know. I just don't think a, a great GM candidate wants to work with Joe Judge. That's the way I look at it. So that report came out from Chris Cancy, the former Giants player, who said that one, one GM candidate the Giants are looking at already has no interest in the job because Joe Judge is going to be the head coach. So this will be a reality the Giants have to face. And if we miss out on a great GM because the Giants wanted to stick with Joe Judge for another year, it would be another colossal mistake made by John Mayer, one of many. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I just feel like they're making the wrong decision right now. So it's frustrating, and I don't want this to be the case, but in all likelihood, as you mentioned, Joe Judge is back next year. Next question from Pat Smith. Do you think the Giants, assuming they keep Judge into next year, can convince Joe Brady to come across, uh, come aboard as offensive coordinator? How much do you think that would improve our offense? So, yeah, Joe Brady was, like, su surprisingly fired by the Panthers a couple weeks back. Apparently, him and Matt Rule did not see eye-to-eye -eye on some things. And Joe Brady was the guy that came over from LSU when Joe Burrow had the great season. He was, like, the passing game coordinator. Brings a similar um, philosophy to the Sean Payton New Orleans offense. So, that's pretty appealing. I mean, honestly, like, the Panthers' offense was pretty impressive the first few weeks, I must say. But... You know, after Sam Darnold started playing like crap, it wasn't really that good anymore. And I'll tell you what, ever since Joe Brady left, their offense looks even worse. I must say, like watching the Panthers offense on red zone at some points on Sunday was like their offense might be worse than ours. Like that's saying a lot. Like they are putting up points because they have more talented players right now. And, you know, Cam Newton at this point, I guess, is better than Mike Glennon. Not by a whole lot, but still um, the Panthers offense is very unwatchable right now. So. Yeah, I mean, I've been a Joe Brady supporter in the past. I would not be completely against it. I don't know how much NFL teams are looking for this guy right now because he was fired, you know, before um, ending his second season there. So that's not very, uh, that's not a good look. But, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. They could do worse, and I'm a fan of the New Orleans Saints offense, and if we can bring that over here, then hey, it's not a bad idea. Next from Clutch Craziness, do you think Kenny Galladay was a bad signing overall, or do you think he will get it going in the next couple of seasons? It's tough to say that after one year. Now, is it off to a really bad start? Yes, it's off to a terrible start. This is probably one of the worst case scenarios for Kenny Galladay in his first year, but... I'm not out on him yet. Um, he's making a bit too much money for my liking, obviously, but that's kind of the you know position the Giants put themselves in when they had to pay out for a wide receiver one. So, yeah, that's the bad part. But I do think better days are ahead for Kenny Galladay. Now, I can't really predict his health, but assuming he's out there with maybe a better quarterback in the future, things should get better. But some of my worst fears have happened with Galladay. I was a big fan of the signing, by the way, so I'm not acting like I didn't like it. I did, but my biggest fears were... Matthew Stafford was a perfect quarterback for Galladay. Just the way he threw the ball was perfect for him. And number two was the injuries. And we've kind of seen that so far. Like Daniel Jones, his, you know, uh, end, zone, end zone fades have been terrible. They don't throw the 50-50 ball to him. So it's like they can't get on the same page. And Galladay's missed half the games, it feels like. And it doesn't get much separation, as we know, which is not really nothing new. But Maybe the fit was not good for the Giants and Kenny Galladay. I don't know. But I do feel the Giants improve at quarterback. Like, let's say the Giants do get a really good stud quarterback. I always go back to Russell Wilson. But if Russell Wilson's the quarterback next year, then obviously Kenny Galladay's numbers are going to go way up. So I don't think his time here is going to be completely terrible. But he probably won't live up to the contract of like $72 million. I I will say that. But... There should be better numbers next year. He's overpaid. We know that. But I think brighter days are ahead for Kenny Galladay. All right, we'll do one more question since this is a long video. So the rest of the uh, questions, I'll just comment on those and I'll get back to you guys. But the last one here from Gary, why don't they get rid of Gettlebum now? It's a good question. I really don't know why they've waited so long. We saw the uh, the week where Jason Garrett was fired, and we figured, hey, maybe Dave Gettleman's right after him. But for some reason, Dave Gettleman has remained, and the Giants are 4-10. and Obviously, he's going to be fired, and he's not going to be here after mid-January. But I don't know why the Giants are giving Dave Gettleman like this graceful retirement. I just don't get it. Like, Jerry Reese was fired mid-season, and Jerry Reese was a two-time Super Bowl-winning GM. And, you know, obviously 2007 was more of a, a Corsi, but 2011, I mean, look, Jerry Reese added some really talented pieces to this team, whether it was Victor Cruz, Hakeem Nix, Jason Pierre-Paul, what have you. You know, there's some guys in that team that were big players that were Jerry Reese guys. And this guy was fired mid-season. And Dave Gettleman, who's had a... I forget his record at this point. I don't even know. It's, it's atrocious. But Dave Gettleman's record here has been historically bad. The Giants have been the worst team tied with the Jets, I believe, in football since Gettleman's been here. And he still has the opportunity to just gracefully retire and just mutually kind of part ways where Dave Gettleman should easily be fired in the midseason. I don't know why they're like letting this guy get off free. I just, I just don't get it. Like he's not going to be here. I get it. But the man has embarrassed this organization. You know what I mean? Like I don't know John. Why, I don't know why John Mara is like so easygoing for, for Gettleman. It makes no sense to me. Like if it was me... I would have fired Gettleman after week three against the Falcons. Like, that was enough for me. After that game, I was done. So I don't know why he's still here in week 15. And he's going to finish out the season in all likelihood. So I don't know. It makes no sense. I don't know why Jerry Reese was treated the way he was and Gettleman was treated the way he was. It doesn't really add up. But 
it's whatever. He'll be gone sooner or later, and it is what it is. But yeah, I don't know why he's still here. So anyway, that'll do it. Once again, I appreciate those who ask questions. I'm sorry I didn't get to everybody, but I will respond to those in the comments, so I will get back to you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.